to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between, because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. Welcome back to the Making the Brand podcast. I've got to say, as a podcaster, it really serves my own interest because I get to talk to such interesting people all the time and learn something new. And I know that's going to happen in today's episode because we're talking about something that I know very little about, which is video games and streaming and also Twitch, which is why I'm so glad to have my friend Joe Chuck here with us, aka the fighting wordsmith. We're going to get to what that means. But thank you so much for being here with me today, Joe Chuck. Thank you for having me. I'm completely over the moon to be a part of this. I love your group. Yeah. And I know we've been trying to connect. We've had some Zoom happy hours and things, but now it's just us for you to bring me into your world a little bit um, and tell me about streaming and video game culture. We're going to we're going to go down memory lane a little bit and touch on nostalgia because that's always a big part of my podcast, but we're also going to talk about the now and the future of video games and streaming. So first, I just want to let you introduce yourself, tell people about the Fighting Wordsmith brand and what that means and who you sure. are and what you do. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Joe Chuck, uh, the gaming world knows me as part-time and I s- decided to run what I hope to become an educational brand agency. Uh, or branding center for smaller streamers and I decided to call it the fighting wordsmiths Um, So anybody can be one. It's really just a kind of gamer way to say brand manager. Uh, At least I thought it was Um, Very early on. um, I have a history of gaming all my life. My poor wife has to deal with that Um, (laughs) I got the the dual monitor with the light-up keyboards and all the nerdy stuff, but I mean it really is a culture and it really is a part of who I am Um, you know, I have shirts that says part-time on it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's me. So mm-hmm. um, I'm happy to blend that with marketing and meet people like you and see what I can marry that's applicable to gamers and even some, sometimes translate it <laughs> into gamer mm-hmm. lingo. Because yeah. like I said, sometimes it's, that's boring. I don't care about that. It's like, actually, you do and you should because they're yeah. coming for you. Um, so that's what I've been doing. Yeah, and I think you and I are alike in a sense that I, you know, I grew up with my boy bands and my teeny bopper magazines and my CDs and everything. And I still live and breathe that a little bit as an adult. And I think there's a similar path if you grew up loving video games. So I want to hear more about how you grew up, how video games impacted your childhood, what platforms and um, consoles you were playing and yeah, just how you got into it and how that's still staying with you in your adulthood. So to answer that, um, I play all the time. Uh, actually, uh, MIT came out and said that time blocking is one of the best ways to be productive, uh, especially for people um, trying to do a side business. And when you put that within the context of the pandemic, and I laughed at that because I've been doing that. I literally have my work computer and I have my gaming monitor or in this case now streaming set up command centers. So I regularly take breaks from work to, you know, lose myself in a game or hang out in someone's Twitch chat, uh, catch up with my favorite streamers and my communities there. Um, It's as easy as getting lost in a group text chain, Um, just taking a break face down. Um, 
but I also time block and just walk away from screens for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I might be developing three tumors because I'm surrounded by <laughs> monitors in my phone. All the uh, blue light. <laughs> I think there's like a lump in my head because I always have on a headband. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's like a little dip in my head, but uh, it's, it's a regular part of my life. It's, it's, it's something that I love sharing with my two sons and my wife um, oh. as well, as much as they'll allow it. But it is a core part of who I am. Uh, I'm just not sorry about it anymore. I used to be kind of meek about it and kind of sheepish when I would meet strangers, but now it's just loud and proud here. And that's just a part of growing up in its community. I resonate with that too. You know, everyone's always like, Oh, you know, boy bands, aren't those for, for teenagers? Why do you still like a boy band? Like grow up. And I, I compare it to, you know, you still love Marvel movies and Spider-Man and the sports that you grew up watching. You still root for your team on Saturdays you know, the musicians I love, they're still touring, they're still making music. Why is that any different? And I think there's this stigma, I don't know if you would agree, but around video games as also being childish. And Mm -hmm. I think especially with Twitch, I know we'll talk more about it, but it's not as, um, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it it shouldn't have that stigma anymore. I (laughs) think with Twitch, there's even where you'll tell me more about it, but there's even a lot to be gained from a networking and educational standpoint. Thousand percent. Um, And that's what the fighting wordsmiths is for really is, is, is to help young streamers or new streamers of any age, honestly, understand that it is its own social platform, but more than Twitch as a brand, there's streaming in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, as we move further and further into this unprecedented times, um, (laughs) people are becoming comfortable consuming content digitally people are having a routine uh and in more than just a web page that opens up and you scan it it's it's a community interaction it's stopping by it's it's cheers so all of that is not new to me and i don't i definitely don't put my nose up to it but it's yeah i mean oh you game all day How, you know well, yeah but i also have a house two kids i have a full-time job i my back feels fine i mean i sit down a lot but i also work out so balance and uh you know i'm who i am deal with it Uh, just kind of who we are i think we we also got lumped in as geeks and Mm -hmm. that generation of early gamers from the 70s and 80s they're now kind of older boomers or everyone call them um Mm -hmm. and so now me being born in 84 and growing up in the 90s and 2000s now i'm becoming a proper old guy adult gamer passing the baton down so we're only really one and a half generations in um with the perception of gaming and, and, and how it integrates into someone's daily life. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of generations, I want to know what your early memories were of gaming. What was the first console you had? What was that game, that, that first mm-hmm. game you had that you just knew that you loved it? Or what, what games and consoles do you remember going out and standing in line for hours to buy? I'm sure you have stories like that. So tell me about your childhood. Yeah, so my gaming addiction started <laughs> Very young, because uh, my sister was five years older than me, and she was kind of passive with it. We played Mario, of course, uh, early, early 90s, very well, late 80s. And it might have been track and field on Nintendo that had the actual um, trackpad where you had to run on, and you had like left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, had an A and B mm-hmm. button. And uh, I figured out that I didn't have to do that. I could just press the buttons really fast with my two fingers back and forth, because, uh, yeah. uh, you know, smarter, not harder. Um, <laughs> 
So there was that. And I remember some nights uh, when my family was going through a split that my father would just play the game with us because that's how he related to us. Uh, mm-hmm. We would watch wrestling, cook dinner, and he'd say, what do you want to do? I'd go, oh, I don't play video games. I'd say, okay, I'll play some damn games. And he got into it. Mm-hmm. I, I could see him. I could feel him get you know, excited when he you know, finished first and he would like talk crap to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, you suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so sharing those experiences as a family early on um, made it acceptable. And they just made sure that it was balanced with what I had to do growing up. Um, Nintendo, and then to Xbox. And then as a, as a young teen, um, teenager, Final Fantasy VII was a very, very, very big game for me because of the, the epic, grandiose narrative and the, the graphics. And I think that was the first game that I saw a formal commercial for on TV. Mm-hmm which is interesting because it was in um, anime style and, and that wasn't quite so popular yet for it to be, let's put a commercial of this art style to American audiences, but they did it and it worked well. And it's a, not even a cult classic. It is a classic game. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'll never forget the craze when the original Xbox came out and it was right before the holidays. I remember my brother had it on his Christmas list. Mm-hmm. I remember the rock was actually, like a, a spokesperson for it and everything. It was a huge splash. So I just, I, I, that's when I think of video games, I just think about that craze. And I'm sure yeah. it still goes on today. I just, I don't have children, but is there something that's similar to that now? Is that gotta mm-hmm. have it culture still happening in the video gaming world? Absolutely. And it now just applies to adults. We just are kids mm-hmm. with money now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of overlap with tech industry. Um, and custom PC builds, um, hardware that can support the ever-demanding software requirements to run a game at max capacity for the Mm -hmm. sake of a game. People make gaming rigs, um, consoles, this next generation, you know, for a few months there, they were saying, well, finally consoles are going to surpass PCs, so no more of this PC master race stuff. We're better than console gamers. There's little, you know, internal wars, but the demand is always there, and establishing IPs and establishing series and, you know, tying Mario to Nintendo, Master Chief to Halo, you know, uh, and, you know, God of War for, for Sony. That doesn't go away. And that industry makes more money than Hollywood can ever dream of right now. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh, hands down. Wow. Hands down. Well, you mentioned earlier that, you know, there was a time in your childhood when you first got addicted to video games. And I think we can agree that some people are addicted and that mm-hmm. video games have an addictive quality. What do you think it is about video games that people just can't get enough of? And why do we love it so much? Sure. Uh, firsthand. Uh, and I mean, let me know if I'm never answering the question. I, I, don't, I don't like listening to podcasts and people are dodgy and long-winded, which is often what I can oh, do. So you're <laughs> that's why I don't like it. I'm like, I do that. I don't answer that. Um, so just... Don't be afraid to call me out. Uh, I'm an addict. Absolutely. It's just a part of my personality. But it's, like I said, it's like a smoker or um, it's, it's about balance. Um, people become emotionally invested in different aspects of gaming. So physiologically, you may sweat. Your palms get sweaty. Your nerves, you get you know, jitter. When you're in a party chat or when you're on a team, you want to perform right at that. It's just like real life competition it's it's engrossing and i think some of the technology now reflects that with um vr where it's submersive or um 
immersive. Uh, you know, you got the headset, you got the headphones, and you see people yeah. walking into a TV and you were making videos yeah. laughing at them. But because they're so emotionally connected and committed to what's happening, you lose yourself in the game. Mm-hmm. And so to create that regularly over and over again in a positive way uh, with a supportive community has been a very important part of my life. Um, I have regularly established groups of gamers that we call clans for first person shooters. So I've been clan leaders and I talk to guys. It's just like modern day pen pals, really. Mm. Um, chit chat, mm-hmm. talk about becoming fathers together, talk about life transitions and events, just do it in a gamer way. So um, gaming demands that emotional investment. Uh, and if it doesn't pull it out of you, then you're probably not addicted to it. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. Or it, maybe you just haven't found the one that might make you whatever your uh, flavor is. But um, there are certain triggers in social connectivity that's just inherent within gaming that I think we overlook. We think it's just nerds, you know, beep, 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 beep away, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's in our hearts. Really. It is. Yeah, It definitely sounds like it's more than that. And I love that you touch on the emotions of it all because I want to know what you think other industries and other brands can learn from the gaming industry and, I feel like emotion must be a huge part of it. Brands always need mm-hmm. to tap into emotion. So is that one of them? And what other takeaways are there for other industries? Um, yeah, definitely a lot to be learned from the gamers and from the people pitching to gamers, um, which is, uh, again, why I started doing what I was doing, working with gamers on that end. I think, uh, you know, we are becoming more of a formal demographic that's worth big brands and big business investing into. So as, as you all come into my world, I want to remind you that we're just people too. And it's news to you, but it's been neutral day one for us that, you know, um, what's exciting and the metrics, the numbers are going up and there's money to be made there and influencers can be had. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've, we've been here connected and we found ways. So I think that, as they learn this new demographic and um, other industries figure out what gaming is and, and, and how it can best serve them, they don't forget the humanity in it, that we actually are people of community leaders now who are connected in the digital age, just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Zoom call meeting memes apply to us too. We're just better at it because we have always been in party chat um, since mm-hmm. as soon as we could. Um, mm-hmm. Long distance calls, I was making that because I was playing with this dude in Wales, playing Halo 2 with him back in, 2007 mm-hmm. toll free anytime i didn't have to track my minutes we just played online together so there's a distinct humanity and connectivity that it does apply to gamers that brands and, and other industries should always remember before they just start going you're a gamer right you like this you like anime you like comics yeah let's go it's like yeah, maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if it's good so yeah does that answer it Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that I'd love for you to demystify is Twitch. I've been hearing a lot about (laughs) Twitch and is it, I mean, I want to know what, how you would define it. I really don't know much about it, but is it a place for brands also? So the answer is yes. Um, Absolutely. And especially with some of the people that we see coming and going now um, as a part of Twitch as a company Mm -hmm. um, versus its competitors, I think the larger comment is that streaming is not just for gaming anymore. And mm-hmm. what I'm always pointing towards, and, and maybe where you and I 
are in perfect lockstep is, is educational content is always helpful, but on demand specific one-to-one educational content is the future. I have offered other people money to meet and just mentor me on things that I wanted to learn because I'm so used to that. I don't, and, 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 Twitch or streaming in general has allowed people to put a face to brands, whether it's um, a relative brand or not. Steel Series is a perfect example of, of I'm cool with that social media team passively on, on social. But before seeing their faces and knowing who runs social media for them and, and, and understanding and relating to them with the way they run their socials, like, oh, that's, that's a relatable post that must have taken a lot of work and research to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not just the recipient, you know, fan of Steel Series. They're, I, they're, their social media presence is their logo. So, and I mean, not to be sponsoring them, but it's just this. This uh-huh. is every. It's white and orange, and that's it. And and now we have faces and we have names, and it, it, you know what I mean. So, removing that barrier to entry, um, demystifying what Twitch is. It's not just for gamers anymore. It started because that was the point of entry. Brands like KFC have a channel. The U.S. Army has a channel. The NBA all together put a channel up and then its individual teams started running channels during the um, shutdown they had. They ran um, virtual games like the LA social media PR team ran against the Denver PR team and they broadcast that on Twitch. And then they fully integrated all of the big Jumbotron graphics into their Twitch stream. So when someone would score, they'd run the graphics and they paid the people that used to be there courtside uh, to comment to be in their stream. So brands are getting really creative um, with how they introduce this new platform to people who aren't familiar, but they're also trying to recreate that live in action magic. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's a balance between that because I can't reach and touch you. You know what I'm saying? But I can consistently create this vibe and energy, which is a you know very Gen Z way of thinking of it, but that really is what it's about because that's their way of saying emotional connection. Mm-hmm. So brands are learning it. It's not just for games. The easiest, most obvious way now is Twitch investing heavily into music and then artists now understanding it is a place that they can allow people to be flies on the wall mm-hmm. and then they can charge a premium for that. Um, so it's not just self-promoting, going live and hoping someone likes your stuff anymore. Now it's no, I'm a master of my craft uh-huh. and you can talk to me directly if you find me when I'm live and I will show you how I do it. I will show you how I made that beat. Timberland just broadcasted and gave sneak preview for his new work with Justin Timberlake on Twitch. Oh, wow. I would have tuned into that. <laughs> so now we're getting to the point and he happens to choose, choose Twitch as a platform. You're seeing other streamers of other competitor plat- like Facebook gaming, YouTube, even Trovo, you're seeing this happen where brands like Versus, which is uh, you know a, a hip hop company, they have a dot com, but they got popular off of Instagram lives, mm-hmm. streaming Instagram lives. So they had you know Snoop Dogg and DMX go at it, and it was fun seeing those dudes almost in sixties try to rap these hardcore yeah. lyrics, and it's just like y'all look like you're out of breath. Like, well, I mean Snoop did, and DMX did, <laughs> but. <laughs> It's just nice to see that that barrier gone. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's video live interactive Twitter More access, yeah, blended with our YouTube search. So mm-hmm. on demand brands, and as they figure out more and more that it's a place for them, yeah, you create 
access and you find your audience there. But we also are becoming used to accessing them on those channels. So do you think being on Twitch will eventually be as commonplace for brands as being on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter? Or is it still a little bit Mm -hmm. more niche for a certain type of brand or person? I do, Um, especially with people shifting um, in the corporate world. The the joke about, oh, you know, we should remove overhead and we should go digital last year and then the pandemic hits. Yeah. Um, You're seeing this with live events. So I work with musicians um, for brand management and I found like AE events and some other booking agencies around here. They were preparing their staff and their facilities to be pretty much blackout until 2022. Mm -hmm. And I heard this three months ago. And so they started to ask themselves, how can we recreate the magic? And so as artists, you see artists now going live consistently across multiple channels, providing insight and content. I'm working on this from home. I'm working on this from home. Um, Or we're going to broadcast a live session, come join. And then they now start figuring out how to charge for that. Go to this page to buy a link. And, you know, so we're figuring out ways to monetize and create premium access or just provide free connectivity or um, free connection um, across the board. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, it'll be interesting to watch. I know the pandemic has really put more focus on Twitch and more focus on live experiences, but why do you think it's interesting for people to watch other gamers game? Um, you know, growing up, I liked watching my brother and my cousin play video mm-hmm. games. I would always sit on the couch and we'd try to beat Robotnik and stuff together and I would be cheering them on. But why is it interesting to watch complete strangers game and, and how are these communities created that way? Well, it's exactly what you said. And I did want to add on that uh, for the last question, I kind of deviated. I did want to say uh, when I brought up musicians going live all the time, I also meant conferences are going live. Uh, Comic-Con, yeah. E3, all of these things that used to serve gamers or the music and tech industry are now figuring out ways to make their product announcements live. Um, mm-hmm. okay. okay, and then, uh, so watching strangers. Watching strangers yeah. is exactly what you said. Um, mm-hmm. If you can, in some type of way, as a user, hide behind your username, then it's, you're a stranger to them too. Mm-hmm. So, and eventually you're not a stranger anymore because you keep showing up, but you did share in the excitement of them beating that level or you know, can I get some hype in chat is, of you know, like you want to excite your audience. And uh-huh. it's not that you need to be positive. It's that you, that's the easiest way to make the emotional connection. Mm-hmm. People are, are, you know, they like positivity, but it's because it's the most accessible and generally not taboo, you know, uh, yeah. which is why we say we should talk about mental health. You know, it's just another place to sit on the couch and watch someone kick it and celebrate mm-hmm. in their successes. Um, whether you're competitive, there's channels for that. If you're family-oriented, channels for that. If you're casual and you're just curious about a game, um, you know, brands and developers activate streamers as influencers to push that. Mm-hmm. Um, games are being made to be streamed. This, that's just, that game's made for streaming. That's not, that's not a gamer's game. Mm-hmm. That's, that's happening now. Yeah. All to attract strangers into a stream. Mm-hmm. And when you put it that way, I liken it to why we enjoy watching sports a little bit. We, we don't really know the players personally necessarily, but something resonates and there's a reason we choose to mm-hmm. cheer for a certain team. So I imagine that these spectators are just finding teams and people that they like rooting for and they like their personality. Mm-hmm. They like the way they play. So yeah, I do see some, some parallels there. I mean, so, put it this way. If, if, if I asked you straight up, 
would you tune in to um, not a Britney session, but <laughs> one of her, you know, perpetual behind the scenes collaborators was like, this is my music studio. This is where mm-hmm. we wrote this Britney hit. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm going to write one right now. If you guys just kick it. Yeah. Would you tune into that? Oh yeah. I watch all Britney stuff, <laughs> but I, I don't know for me gaming, like, wouldn't you just, why is that more fun than playing yourself? Because you know? depending on when you can access the game, like I'll be at work. Mm-hmm. Like I just said, I do time blocking. So I, I can't fully commit to it. And I'm curious about that level. Uh-huh. Maybe I want and trust that streamer enough to give me their insight and opinion of the game. Mm-hmm. And that will, that's the influencer relationship. But mm-hmm. maybe I don't care about their opinion and I just want to know how to beat the level. So, you know, I, I want yeah. a tactic or I want to share in the excitement of, oh my God, this new DLC is coming out. Everybody's tuning in. Oh, let's mm-hmm. check it out together. I'm so hype. I can't wait to get home and play it. Can't wait to get home and play it. So, yeah. um, I don't know. It's maybe I'm, you know, just kind of stating what's obvious to me, but not to you, but it, it makes sense to me. It, yeah. It, you can, you can hide behind the multiple names that I admittedly have. Mm-hmm. Um, you can create a different personality visually. Um, no one has to know that I have two kids. We're all just gamers. It's all equal footing. Mm-hmm. Y- your name doesn't come with ASL. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> you're just a gamer. Right. And you just reminded me of something. I remember growing up, my brother was more into gaming than I was, but he would buy these books that were like, I don't know if they called them cheat codes or what. Strategy guides. Yeah. And like they had all the shortcuts in them and things you didn't know about the game and they would tell you how to beat them. I guess Twitch is really just demonstrating that in a live format where you have an actual person versus digging through a book looking for, you know, certain shortcuts and how to play you have someone that is is going through it live so i I get it gaming gaming creators and gaming youtubers have killed that industry (laughs) Um, yeah because that's what they do they make youtube videos and they do walkthroughs and they Mm do um best strat guides and you know farming tactics and they just get very niche about it and and they're accessible Mm -hmm. so they will they will react to their audience's opinion and say oh you guys didn't like that video so i'm gonna do this we have sway. We have we invest and we get rewarded for our care in your channel. So that's why it's worth it to watch a stranger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell me about your platform on Twitch and what you use it for. I know you know you game, but you also seem to be building your own communities. What are you doing on there? <laughs> um, yeah, I've definitely put that thing on the roller coaster. I don't have unified brand management. I'm Twitch TV slash part time with the number one in it. I'm not even fighting wordsmiths. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's all organic happenstance for me. Um, I think my Twitch channel is a direct result of my exploration process. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a gamer. I picked up the game. I broadcasted it because I wanted to improve at the game. And they said, well, you should record footage. And Twitch was free. Um, what do you call it? Free recordings because they have mm-hmm. video on demand. So I... I'd record a session and I'd go back and watch it and I'd say, oh, okay, maybe I can make improvements here because I play a lot of first-person shooters. And then people started tuning in because they were curious about it and then one thing leads to another and then I'm a, you know, I have a community and I have subscribers and they enjoy my personality. Mm-hmm. And then I decide that I don't want to be a community leader because that gets exhausting having to entertain so many people's opinions and, and be there for people. And as a father too, I can't have my head in my phone all the time because so-and-so wanted to do this with that and the whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, but I do love streamers. So how can I help and how can I continue to pivot that? And so that's when I came up with, um, you know, trying to marry marketing and branding concepts 
um, potentially with digital strategy, depending on how much that is. But a lot of that is admittedly self-taught. And um, I have been in marketing for, for 10 years as a proposal writer, business to business. You know, I work on proposals for products that are very expensive and stupid to me, but um, thanks for the money, by the way. Um, <laughs> but that's not my love. Like my love is gaming. So I kept trying to find a way to take the audience that was there and I was fortunate to, to have and be grateful and say, well, how can I best serve you? And people ask me questions. Well, you do marketing, right? What do you do? So then it became slowly, let's take down all those gaming videos and only put these um, maybe how-tos up. And so then I, I was like, well, I don't want to be an influencer of influencers because that's stupid to me. Uh, I don't want to spend my time doing that. I'm more of a you know coach, teacher, old guy in the, in, the, in the locker room type deal. So that's what it became. Now I have a room full of smaller streamers who are interested in pivoting and transitioning their brand, or I'm sorry, establishing themselves as a brand and not a streamer. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to understand that you don't define yourself by Twitch. You don't build your brand on rented land and all of those things. So it's like, well, who are you? And why don't you just use Twitch as one of your channels the way the NBA has a Twitch and a Twitter. If those servers go down, those brands are still making money. Mm-hmm. What's to stop you from doing that? So, right. uh, you know, I want to empower streamers to do that. And that's where we are now. Um, I have a discord and really Twitch is just now a live demonstration, almost meeting minutes mm-hmm. of me walking through one-to-one brand coaching and uh, some creative content assessment, or, you know, just yeah. working with kids or young guys, young, young people one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if you're going to have those conversations anyway, why not do it live? Why not bring other people in and yeah. let them learn as well? And, you know, same thing with Timbaland. He's going to cut that beat already. Might as well just, hey, press a button, stream it, get the hype out earlier. So I think it's becoming, it's, it's society becoming more comfortable with just letting people be a fly on the wall in what you're already doing and um, tapping yeah. into that interest and building an audience that way. And I think it makes us more efficient because it's just, hey, let me just press a button and here it's- we go on-demand knowledge and education like yeah. google it well now it's just look it up i'm sure someone's doing a live stream on it now and you can mm-hmm. ask them a question directly mm-hmm. you don't have to skip forward you can literally ask that person right there yeah um and i'm becoming more comfortable um in the marketing twitch broadcast i don't think anybody else is there i saw some people say something about it the other day and i was like ah that's my thing um <laughs> but then i remembered yeah but we don't have the same audiences so yeah. My group's here, and I consistently try to remind myself to, as Joe Ray in Pop Chat says, um, serve my tribe. So um, I'm making uh, content specific for them, to them, about them, um, and I'm basing my success on how they perceive it and making adjustments as if any teacher would in a classroom full of uh, people willing to learn. Mm -hmm. So um, I just got to remember that I'm not doing this to be an influencer. I don't want an audience. So as much as I see other people being successful um, and I get imposter syndrome or something, the Twitch channel is just me broadcasting a training or like a workout and allowing people to comment on it. Yeah. So, you know, you just got to be open to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like you're grooming the next generation of streamers. So what, what would you say is the future of streaming? And can you also talk about the difference between gamers and streamers? For sure, yeah. Uh, which is, I just made a video on that last night. My first, yeah. my first video, um, of just kind of vlog style. I didn't do any cool YouTube edits with the words and the pops <laughs> and the ADA accessibility. I didn't do any of that. It was literally just for that little group, yeah, um, to talk about 
and remind them as a small streamer, sometimes you can get frustrated in myself too, because I am a very small streamer. Um, if you have less than 50 subs, you're like a, a micro streamer. So, mm-hmm. but uh, the goal is to have a hundred percent conversion rate is what I always remind them. So if I have two people in chat, my goal is to get them to return and return so often and provide such high quality content that it's worth investing in, mm-hmm. which is just a nicer way to say, have them subscribe. Mm-hmm. So, so that being said, the future of streaming, I honestly do believe is educational content. I believe there's in the next five years going to be uh, a common census of, of let's just see if someone's broadcasting that live and I'll just ask that person right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're starting to see platforms create access to celebrity with that notion too. Um, I forgot what it's called, but you can, you can pay some like a celebrity someone paid Redman to give them hip hop advice and it mm-hmm. costs like 200 bucks or something like that. So people are finding ways to uh, monetize and productize their intellect and experience, mm-hmm. um, which is in my just educational content. Mm-hmm. So we can be a little more formal about it and, you know, make a formal class and curriculum and, and, and have scheduled meetings. And it's just like going to school. Mm-hmm. You know? So as somebody with a degree dropped out and then got that degree, I use some of it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I still have that discipline of, I will use this time during the week to educate myself and then talk about it with other people. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's the future of streaming. Really. So Twitch already does have that capability where you can put a paywall behind some of your streams. Oh yeah. Oh. You, can, you can definitely do um, streaming to subscribers only. You can put chat in subscriber only mode temporarily if you want if like you get some like trolls that pop in there you can just lock it down boom or if you're so big you know as you know some big brand name uh, i don't know name drop but there's some streamers that only do subscriber only mode because there's mm-hmm. so much happening and so many attendees in chat you yeah. just you don't even talk to them anymore you don't yeah. so you subscribers don't. are only paid subscribers correct and oh yes in in terms of twitch yes because like on youtube the word subscribe means like follow yeah, 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 right. Mm-hmm. So does each user determine what their subscription fee, their membership fee is? Or is it a flat rate across all of Twitch? Or do you get to determine like, you know, I'm going to pay Mariah Carey to, uh, more to teach me about singing than some maybe a local voice mm-hmm. coach or something. So would that vary? Are they able to set yeah. their own rates? So Twitch, Twitch offers... Um, because they're owned by Amazon, it's specific to Twitch. They offer the uh, Twitch Prime, which is one free subscription a month mm-hmm. um, for the user to use once a month. And you have to manually go in and use your Twitch Prime. They also offer tier one, two, and three, five, 15, and I think 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're fortunate enough to get somebody to give you a tier three sub, that's somebody saying, I'll give you $25 a month, which is the equivalent of someone running a Patreon, which is the equivalent of somebody running a um, uh, and, and, and OnlyFans, which is the equivalent of, of somebody using the join function on YouTube versus mm-hmm. the subscribe on Twitch. Um, so it's just paid premium membership. So uh, yeah. Twitch does a good job. And they do like, you know, September, which admittedly just this last September was a joke mm-hmm. um, because the financial split is, uh, I think it's 70 30 uh, Amazon's way. And then when you make partner, which is partner status, you can, you can negotiate 50 50. So gotcha. you split those subscriptions right down the middle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now they're running ads too. So um, subscribers, you can, can skip past the ads. I had no idea you could monetize like that. 
Oh, it's insane. Wow. It is. They, they came hard. And it's hitting all of the streamers like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. And, and here I am running around, the sky's falling. I told you so. I told yeah. you big business is coming. I told you big business is coming. I told you we are the next influencer demographic. Get ready. They're going to farm us. Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> and you can yeah. do business with them if you want to take a check, but make sure it's on your own terms. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want none of y'all walking around here surprised because you violated some contract. You, you know accidentally didn't talk about their stream or whatever. So mm-hmm. just understanding who the stakeholders are and how the processes work is, is, is where I like to help people. And, and, and then if they want, I can help them a step further with particular brand management customized to you. And um, it is an investment in return for sure for, mm-hmm. for, for viewers. You don't want to pay for a bunch of crappy streams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Well, right. Man, there's always something new, always something we have to keep our eyes on. And you have convinced me to keep my eyes on Twitch. Maybe I'll even make an account after this um, and check things out. As I mentioned, Nick Carter is now on Twitch. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have to at least join that. <laughs> You're seeing so many musical artists activate their audiences on Twitch. Mm-hmm. And the way that they do it is probably of the Gen Z bucket demographic or whatever. But also, at the same time, understand just like TikTok, people understand that millennials are coming into TikTok now. So mm-hmm. the same thing's happening with streaming. We as consumers are just getting used to consuming digital content on demand yeah. with whatever schedule works for us. So um, it makes sense for Nick Carter to be on, on there. Because, I mean, you know, some people like the, the running joke is, oh, you guys didn't even know who Fleetwood Mac was? Yeah. But this guy just... <laughs> You know, you had to look it up, yeah. but that's, that's the power of social media is no, they didn't. You can judge them. Sure. But they know now mm-hmm. because so-and-so, you know, just created an energy that was worth relating to, to a point mm-hmm. that he got an RV, $10,000 and, you know, ocean spray, of course, stepped in and I was commenting on that. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't do anything. You just <laughs> did the honest thing. Cause if you didn't, you're getting free advertisements. So right. Did, right. You did the ethically the correct thing, but you didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's such a good point because I think a lot of times musicians or brands, they feel pigeonholed. Like the Backstreet Boys feel like, Oh, we can only talk to nineties kids and that's our audience. And they're, we're a nineties group, but why not try to reel in those younger audiences? And we saw it with Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac and dreams. Mac? And, um, yeah. So he recreated so that too. Song. So he was on the longboard drinking the uh, the uh, drummer bro. Yeah, yeah. That his name. Um, so, yeah, Jim, Mike, Mike Fleetwood. Yeah. Jim Blossom. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> drummer bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anybody I said that. Um, Jim Blossoms, you know, they are doing a tour uh, before the pandemic. And I was like, those guys are still pulling? And I saw that they have incentivized tickets. You know, you can buy tickets of these tiers and you get a free signed guitar or you, you get a, a, a raffle ticket for a signed guitar. I mm-hmm. bet you... I can almost guarantee you now that if they activated on Twitch, they would be hot. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to build brands that are built to last. So don't just stop at one generation, you know, Gen Z is coming in hot. There's going to be a group after that. So why not try to just, you know, create a brand that's the more the merrier. We can all enjoy this music. We can all enjoy this era or this generation. Um, Pivot, transition, pivot, transition. Right. You just, why because then Timbaland would have been left in the early 2000s if, if he didn't constantly reapply his music to the next generation mm-hmm. in an intelligent and appealing way. So, so true. So true. He can translate and transcend generations now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you have 
blown my mind with all of this. Is there <laughs> anything else you would want to add about Twitch? Anything other brands should really know and have on their radar about this platform? Yeah, I, Twitch is hot. Uh, Twitch is white hot. Twitch mm -hmm. is, is like TikTok. We're just, we talk about TikTok more. Mm -hmm. um, the numbers are there. You can Google it. The brands are there. So if you're just now showing up, you're late to the game. Yeah. Um, they might be considering how to apply your brand to that audience. Once you understand that audience, like we're not just geeks. We don't just go to cons. Right. <laughs> we're people of many ages and uh, different socioeconomic backgrounds too. So mm -hmm. it's kind of hard when you look at the data to just feel like a piece of data. So just yeah. remember that that we're people as you integrate your uh, Travis Scott burger. Yeah. <laughs> Mandatory <laughs> ad. 45 yeah. seconds of my life gone every single time, every <laughs> stream. Imagine if every time you change the channel, you had to watch a 45 second commercial. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's yeah. just, it's not user friendly. <laughs> They're actually turning people away. So that's what I would say. Wow. Know your group, make your, make your decisions because as consumers of stream or Twitch, a lot of us are kind of, what's yeah. happening? What's happening? You're not taking care of us. What's happening? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so I think you mentioned your handle. It's part-time one on Twitch. Like where can people follow you? Where can people join your lives? Yeah, sure. Um, thank you. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, it's not one unified thing. I'm working on that uh, <laughs> next year. This year was specifically for market research and test and building some, some use cases for mm -hmm. fighting wordsmiths. Um, I am fight wordsmiths uh, on Twitter. And that's what I prefer my kind of marketing Twitter is what I call it. Otherwise, uh, I am one word part-time ninja. That's my, my personal account, like me as a gamer on Love Twitter. Um, so there are two. And then on Twitch, correct, I'm part-time, but P-A-R-T-T-1-M-E. Ah, okay, got it. Because that's lead speak like a gamer. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's that. And honestly, most of my work gets done in the DMs and Discord. So I have a Discord, mm -hmm. um, which I guess you can post later if, if you care. Yeah. And it's open and uh, totally free. I just, I, I use it as kind of like a classroom. So if you mm -hmm. join, you can, you can talk and participate. And some of the pop chat people are in it. Yes, I've heard Joe Ray is in it. You guys are friends. <laughs> Jesse, Love it. Jesse's in it. Jesse? Uh, oh, cool. Uh -huh. Shout yeah. out to the pop chat crew. Uh, yeah. I also want to thank... Someone I don't know if you know yet. Her name is Jenny. She does social for NBA 2K. And mm -hmm. I told her that I was talking with you about Twitch today. And she was generous enough to give me a code for you to <laughs> use NBA 2K. So I will DM that to you. Thank you, Jenny. Um, thank you. That was great. Yeah, yeah. As a thank Aww. you from, from both of us. I was so blown away. Have you seen the, the promotional graphics and videos for that? No. It looks real. Yeah, <laughs> they put the mannerisms of the players in the game, uh, like Steph Curry chewing his mouthpiece yeah. and the way he dribbles and his like body language. Yeah, they yeah, program yeah. that in the game. It's crazy. Oh my gosh, they're I doing fantastic see, things. I did see that meme that how it started versus how it's going. Meme that's serious. Yeah, graphics side by side. It's that's so real. Cool. <laughs> it's not a game. The next gen consoles are. Mm -hmm. It's frightening. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Very, very good. Well, I've got my eye on it now. Thank you so much. Thank I'll you send so much, you that, that code for Xbox. And oh. yeah, thank you for sharing your Twitch wisdom with us. Thank you for having me. And I love being a part of your community. Thank you for reaching yeah. out to me and just being who you are. You mean a lot to me. Thank oh, you. Likewise. Thank you. 
If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe or better yet, leave a review. You can also join my Twitter chat at hashtag pop chat for weekly pop culture discussions you can actually learn from. If you have an idea for an episode, shoot me a DM at Brianne2K. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.